Welcome to BitCast on Podcast One, the video game podcast with the Axeman. Welcome back to the BitCast. With a Nintendo Switch port of Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze coming out tomorrow, the 4th of May, I decided now would be the best time to talk about it, maybe pique some interest. The Donkey Kong series is one that I've always found a little bit fascinating, given Donkey Kong's mutual role as the hero of his own franchise, while also being a helper and occasional enemy in the Mario games. Sometimes I think about the implications of that. It was a bit surreal in childhood to get introduced to Donkey Kong as a hero, only to learn that he was the antagonist in other games. Donkey Kong occupies this weird moral gray area that I've never seen any other character pull off like this. Maybe Wario, but he's only been the final boss one time. Meanwhile, Donkey Kong still occasionally throws his hat in the ring against Mario when he's not saving his own friends and his bananas. Even if it was technically Cranky Kong who went up against Mario in the arcade game, the Donkey Kong we know today still carries on that feud in spirit, especially in the Mario vs. Donkey Kong series. Yeah, subtle. But with that out of the way, let's get to the game. Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze was originally a Nintendo Wii U title, released in 2014. It was the second installment of the series after its semi-hiatus, which was ended with Donkey Kong Country Returns for Nintendo Wii, not only did it carry on and flesh out some of the gameplay from Returns, but it also added new sidekicks for Donkey Kong. Instead of just Donkey and Diddy, you can now replace Diddy with Dixie Kong or Cranky Kong. Diddy has always been DK's right-hand man, but Dixie Kong is making a comeback from Donkey Kong Countries 2 and 3. This will be the first time she's been playable in a proper Donkey Kong game alongside the gorilla himself. Cranky Kong has never been playable in one of the proper games either, so this is new ground for him. And now in the Switch version, they're letting Funky Kong in on the fun. So between Donkey, Diddy, Dixie, Cranky, and Funky, we've got five different Kongs at our disposal. This is giving me flashbacks to Donkey Kong 64. Maybe we can get another rap number about all their abilities or something, just like we did back then. Oh, Cranky can't really take it to the fridge if he's actually in the song, though. You know... Donkey Kong 64 was the game that introduced Diddy Kong's jetpack, and despite the fact that Nintendo is hesitant to reference that game, they still let Diddy use his jetpack and peanut guns in the new games and in Smash Brothers. Nintendo's treated Diddy Kong pretty well, other than leaving him out of the recent Mario spin-offs, so it's kind of unfortunate that he's one of the less useful Kongs in Tropical Freeze. Of the helpers, Dixie Kong makes the game easiest for you between her helicopter hair flotation and her Kong Pow ability turning all the enemies into golden hearts. She outclasses Diddy Kong in every way. In my opinion, the hardest partner to use was Cranky Kong because his Scrooge McDuck Pogo Cane ability doesn't really let you control your landing. It only boosts the verticality of your jumps. And I didn't really figure it out until late into the penultimate world. But this does lead to one of my most profound memories of the game. It was when I was fighting the polar bear at the end of World 5, and the fight took me a couple tries, but I had Cranky as my partner, and it was around that point I finally learned how to use his ability properly, and I ended up winning the fight, and now it's one of my favorite fights in the whole game, and I have new respect for Cranky Kong and his pogo ability. While I think I used the different Kongs somewhat evenly, I did have a bias towards Diddy and eventually Cranky. Cranky because of that moment of fighting the one boss, and Diddy because he's always been my favorite. Dixie Kong got the short end of the stick, even though she's actually the best helper, 
It's not like I was trying to avoid her for the sake of challenge or anything. I just didn't have as much of an attachment to her. Funky Kong's abilities put Dixie to shame, though. I should mention that Funky Mode has him replace Donkey Kong as the main playable Kong, and that's the only time you control Funky. Otherwise, he's just a shopkeeper. Quoting the trailer, he can double jump, hover, perform infinite rolls, and even infinite underwater corkscrews. So he is incredibly mobile, even more than Donkey Kong himself, and he can also easily deal with harmful surfaces because of his surfboard, so the spike pits are no problem for Funky Kong. He even has more health than I remember Donkey Kong having. Oh, and he can always breathe underwater, even though the other Kongs couldn't. In summary, Funky Kong is the game's easy mode. I get that, though. The game was pretty tough, and this'll let kids and people who aren't as familiar with Monkey Kong have their fun too. And it doesn't even interfere with the original campaign, so there really isn't any downside to this. You know, I'm actually reminded of Funky Kong being playable in Mario Kart Wii, and he was cited as one of the most overused racers online because of the stat gains. So, I guess it was in front of us all along that Funky Kong was always able to outperform Donkey Kong. I mean, hey, all the way back in Donkey Kong 64, it was Funky who landed the final shot on King K. Rule at the end, even if the main Kongs and Candy Kong did help out. I'll be the first to admit I'm not a challenge seeker in games. I'll try the hard stuff at least once, but I don't usually go out of my way to make things more difficult or face off against the mega-hard, super-duper, ultimate, soul-melting, extra-hard stuff. So the games I play tend to shift towards the easy side. Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze was a change of pace, though. It was really consistently challenging for me, much tougher than the platformers I was used to. I kept playing it like a Mario game, but... Donkey Kong has different rules than Mario does. I'm fairly certain that there were only two levels where I was able to beat them in one try. Not even the first level of the game was safe, I died there too at some point. But every time, it always felt like it was my fault that I died. It didn't feel like the controls were too messy or that the level design was too cheap. It honestly felt like I made a mistake that I could learn from. Except for the barrel rocket, that was just terrible. I, I hated the barrel rocket. I hated it in Donkey Kong Country Returns, too. I spent 40 tries on that level with a giant bat. Anyway, while this is a continuation of Donkey Kong Country's return to form, and there are many returning Kongs, the Kremlings have yet to make a reappearance. King K. Rule, DK's old nemesis, was last seen playing baseball with Mario and everyone in Mario's Super Sluggers for Wii. I guess he found his calling as a baseball player. In Returns, DK went up against the Tiki Talk tribe, which are basically floating tiki masks and instruments, and they weren't really memorable at all. But the villains in Tropical Freeze, the Snowmads, they're much more distinct. They actually behave much like the Kremlings, being anthropomorphic animal villains, with the added fun of adhering to a Viking theme. And for the most part, the animals are geographically appropriate, for the most part. The premise of the game is surprisingly unique for the series. Donkey Kong and friends have been knocked away from their island and are questing to get back home and kick the Viking invaders out. No missing Kongs, no missing bananas, just a long journey home. Each world in the game is a different island, until you finally get back to DK Island, which is the final world. What they do with that is pretty cool. DK Island is much bigger than the other islands in the game, so DK travels around that island via barrel cannons instead of walking from stage to stage. 
This is mostly a cosmetic difference, but it reflects in the difference between all the stages in the final world. Since Donkey Kong Country Returns took place entirely on his island, each world had to have different biomes. So for a trip around Donkey Kong Island in this game, you're briefly visiting snow and ice versions of all these biomes. The jungle, the coast, the ruins, the volcano, so on and so forth. Because the Vikings have covered the island in snow. For this game, Retro Studios were the developers, and they brought David Wise back to do the music, just like he did in the original Donkey Kong Country trilogy. Music was one of the things people loved most about the trilogy, and Wise hasn't been affiliated with Donkey Kong since. Grant Kirkhope handled the music for Donkey Kong 64, while Donkey Kong Country Returns had a full team of in-house composers. I do remember the pre-release headlines drawing attention to David Wise's involvement with this game, and I know a lot of fans seemed excited about it. Well, after playing Tropical Freeze, I can see why. The man definitely knows how to compose some great music. Between him and Kirkhope, Rare really had this powerful dream team of composers. It's no wonder Platonic got the two of them to work together on ukulele's soundtrack. Let me just say, the presence of Viking enemies makes for some excellent metal. I was fighting the World 1 boss at a store demo one time, and I could not believe my ears. This was very intense Donkey Kong music. I didn't grow up with any of the Donkey Kong games other than 64, so David Wise is a figure that was only introduced to me later on. My Donkey Kong music nostalgia is all in the Grant Kirkhope corner of the world. <laughs> As returning listeners may have pieced together from my talk of David Wise, it's time for today's favorite songs. I'm gonna go with Big Top Bop, Mangrove Cove, and Seashore War. Big Top Bop is that piece I mentioned earlier, the World 1 boss battle music. Technically, I prefer the World 5 boss music, but this one will stick in my head for the way that it totally blindsided me while I was playing that demo. I'll never truly forget it. While the battle may be on the easy side, the tone of this song suggests that the Snowmad Vikings mean business. Mangrove Cove is an upbeat and tropical theme, and it plays in the first level of the game. I just really like the way it begins, kind of building up a bit before the song properly starts, like, Get ready, the game's about to begin, you're gonna listen to David Wise the whole time. And then, Seashore War, which wins the title of being the most somber melancholic theme in all of Donkey Kong Country. It plays in the ocean throwback level during the return trip to DK Island, and the song's rhythm really captures the feel of slowly floating on the waves, with the percussion and string helping to sell the icy atmosphere. The song is so good that when Platonic Games, the ukulele guys, got David Wise to respond to a tweet through their account, he said that Seashore War was his favorite composition for this game, so there's that. With the Switch version coming out tomorrow, it's a lot of people's second chance to pick up a game that they might have missed before. To quote George Wood, If you do not get this amazing new generation of Donkey Kong madness, you are stupid. Okay, no, 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 you're not stupid. I, I can't actually insult my listeners, why would I even do that? I just wanted to quote George Wood. He's very, he's a very cartoon figure, even though he's a real man. It's very weird, but seriously, though, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze is great, especially for Switch owners who missed the Wii U version, or if you're a remarkably devoted Donkey Kong fan, or an obscenely devoted Funky Kong fan. But with that, I've said my piece. 
please consider subscribing to the BitCast if you'd like to hear me ramble more about video games and mangle quotes from other people. Or you can share the episode if you think this can help persuade people to give Tropical Freeze a chance. You can also hear the BitCast on iTunes. I've been the Axeman, and I will see you on the next one. Listen to BitCast anytime on PodcastOne.com and on the Podcast One app.